Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Phoenix Bible Church. Welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. Uh, today is the beginning of Lent. And traditionally, that season marks, uh, kind of historically, we look at the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness as he prepared for the ultimate sacrifice of all, as he offered his life up for hours, and then three days later, raised from the dead, defeating our sin and our death. But today, our hope for this evening uh, is not just to have another religious gathering, but instead it's for our hearts to have a posture of humility, to try something new maybe for you, or maybe try something that you haven't tried in many years. And that's for us to just take tonight to focus on our own sin and to surrender it to our almighty King, Jesus. So I invite you to stand right where you're at if you're able. We're gonna sing a few songs of worship to our King and we're gonna surrender the sin in our own hearts over to him today as we begin this Lent season. Let me start with praying for us. This might be uncomfortable. Let's just take a deep breath in. And let it out. God, would you settle our hearts tonight? Prince of peace, would you give us the peace that surpasses all understanding? As we walk in from long days of whatever our work might be, whatever our hands may be doing throughout the the Wednesday, the middle of the week. But we lay that at your feet right now, Jesus. We'll give it all to you, all of the distractions, all of the arguments we've had, the ways that we've sinned against you and against our brothers and sisters. Lord, we leave it at your feet right now. God, you alone defeat the darkness in our hearts and in this world. So today, This evening, we pray that you would remind us once again of your light, the light that breaks through the darkness and reveals our hurt and our pain and our anguish and then reminds us of the cross and how you shouldered that, how you took that load and you conquered it. We praise you, Lord. surrounding me let it break I 
Wednesday, even singing a song about darkness, where we recognize there's ashes, there's darkness, there's brokenness, there's sin, that we can be sober about that sin, but also celebratory about our Savior, and that we can think about and sing about the darkness in our own lives, in our own minds, in our own hearts that is very real tonight, and yet your light overcomes that. Thank you, Jesus that your light makes even the darkness tremble. God, you disarm the rulers and authorities. You, you put them to open shames, Colossians 2 says. And so, God, I pray that tonight that you would put us in that framework, that headspace. God, that everything we do tonight would be glorifying to you, would be for the good of your people, would fix our eyes upon Jesus. God, that is our prayer. We pray that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, welcome to our Good Friday, not Good Friday, Ash Wednesday. It's a little bit like Good Friday, isn't it? Ash Wednesday service. So glad you're here. My name is Tim. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, so glad that you have joined us. And if Ash Wednesday is, is new for you, it's okay because it's new for us. Uh, last year was the first year we ever did an Ash Wednesday service. I remember several years ago, I think my son was about five years old. And it was Ash Wednesday, and my wife and I were talking about what Ash Wednesday was and, and what it meant and all of those sorts of things. And my five-year-old son, who wasn't really interested uh, to begin with, eventually leaned in and said, it's Ash Wednesday? If you didn't get that, my son's name is Ashwin. And if you say Ash Wednesday three times fast, you get it? It sounds like Ash Wednesday. Yeah. You'll get it later, I promise. <laughs> uh, so to this day, my son is 10 years old now. He loves Ash Wednesday <laughs> and talked about it today. And so we get an opportunity to talk about it with him. We get an opportunity to talk about it with each other. What, what is this? I, I think it might help to say what it's not. Uh, it is not a uh, empty religious ritual. Uh, at, least, at least it's not for us tonight at Phoenix Bible Church. It's not something that we do just to show off, like we have ashes on our forehead, so we must be super spiritual people or the elite of the elite. It's not that at all. Uh, it's also not, uh, not an opportunity to manufacture guilt and just think about all the sin we've committed and feel really guilty and shameful about our lives and ourselves. It's not about either one of those things that really... Ash Wednesday is about a few things. It's about getting ready 
to celebrate, to remember the most significant event in all of history, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That the reality is for many of us, we, we think about that significant event uh, on Easter for a weekend and we put our Sunday best on and maybe an Easter hat. And then we kind of go about our business and some of us just kind of stumble into that weekend if we're honest. And what we wanna do is just say, let's get ready for that weekend. Let's get ready to remember that event and soften our hearts. And what would it look like to, to maybe do some fasting, maybe do some praying intentionally, reading up to uh, Easter weekend and uh, doing that in the Lent season, which is the 40 days or technically 46 days leading up to Easter starting uh, tonight. And, and it's a season of getting ready to celebrate Jesus Christ and his cross and his resurrection. Uh, it's also a, a night to be in tune with reality. Uh, there's that verse, Genesis 3:19, that says, from dust you were created and to dust you shall return. And, and Ash Wednesday, when we put the ashes on our head, it, it's a little bit of a reminder of our frailty that we will die one day. And, and not just that we will die one day, that without Jesus, we will be dead for eternity without him. And so it's a reminder that we are broken. I don't know if you know this, in our culture, they don't really talk a lot about our brokenness. We don't like talking about our brokenness. So we need to create a space like this and a day like this to remind ourselves that we are broken and frail. Without Jesus, we have no hope. And then lastly, it's a time to remind ourselves of repentance. It's an opportunity to repent. Repent just means to turn to turn from our sin, to turn to Jesus. And, and we get that opportunity tonight. So don't get tripped up over the religious rituals. Don't get tripped over the, the manufactured guilt that me, maybe you've experienced before. Think about what repentance looks like in your own heart and life and do that tonight. Uh, that's what we're gonna take an opportunity to do together. Uh, in a moment, I'm gonna read Psalm 51, uh, which is a Psalm of repentance. I'm gonna read the whole thing before us. Uh, but before that, uh, I want us to take a moment of, of silence and just quiet our hearts before God. Maybe think about some of those things of, uh, of Jesus' cross and resurrection, getting ready for that. What does that look like in your life? Maybe just think on that. Maybe pray for a moment about that. Maybe start to cultivate repentance in your heart as you come from your job or maybe the kids being a hassle right before you got here or whatever you're coming out of. Just take a moment of, of silence. And then I'm going to read Psalm 51 for us. Take a moment of silence now. Psalm chapter 51 says it this way. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. 
Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. This is the word of the Lord. Against you and you alone Have I seen 
Oh! 
faith I saw that stream thy flowing wounds supply redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die you can have a seat scriptures call us to worship God through singing, through preaching, through reading of scripture, and through prayer. Uh, in this Ash Wednesday service, we have selected what we call a call and response prayer as an act of worship. This particular liturgical prayer is entitled Confession of Sin. So we're going to pray together as an act of worship and confess in this way. It's very much like a responsive reading. You see up there, I'll begin with a statement and then it'll be followed by a prayer of response. There'll be several of these. Oh Lord, we have not loved you with our heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have mercy on us, Lord. We have been deaf to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, Lord. We confess to you, Lord, all of our past unfaithfulness, pride, hypocrisy, and impatience of our lives. Have mercy on us, Lord. Our self-indulgent appetites and our exploration of other people, we confess to you, Lord. Our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves, we confess to you our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work, we confess to you, Lord. Our negligence in prayer and worship and our failure to commend the faith that is in us, we confess you, Lord. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we've done and our blindness to human need and suffering, and in our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Accept our repentance, Lord. For our false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts toward neighbors, for our prejudice and contempt toward those who are differ from us. Accept our repentance, Lord. Restore us, good Lord. And let your anger depart from us. Favorably hear us, for your mercy is great. Accomplish in us the works of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross 
and passion of your Son, our Lord, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. Amen. stand together and sing. of pardon. John 3:16 and 17 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Will you please pray with me? 
Dear Lord, we thank you for this assurance. God, we thank you for this promise. Lord, even in the times and the days when we are prone to wander, Lord, you love us. God, we thank you for your abounding and steadfast love. God, we need you and we love you. Amen.
sing it together one more time. Yeah, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Let's pray. Almighty God, we've gathered together tonight to remember and to honor the sacrifice that Christ made for us, a sacrifice that was necessary because of our own sin, because of our transgressions, because of our guilt, God. And yet by his blood, we are healed. We praise you in his name because of the love that you've shown us through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. These are the first words of Psalm 51, the Psalm of David. When he's penning these words, he's in a valley of his leadership. He's shirking the responsibility of his kingship. He's, he's not with the soldiers in battle as he should be. He sent them off to war while he stayed at home. And while at home, he continues to find trappings of lust and other sin, lust that leads to adultery, adultery that leads to murder. And now in this moment of conviction, the prophet Nathan has come to him. And with a simple story of a shepherd, he's accused him of sin. And David writes these words, have mercy on me, O God. This is the mighty King David. This is the David that slayed Goliath. This is the David that is the king of Israel. He is in, in a place of power and authority. They wrote songs about him. This is a man who has a, an influence across the entire nation and has a reputation across the entire Eastern Middle Eastern world at this time whose reputation would continue to follow after long after his death. And so a simple prophet comes to him with a simple story about a shepherd and sheep and conviction grips his heart. But David doesn't deny the accusation. David doesn't try to justify himself. He doesn't try to say, I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. He doesn't try to reflect on the power and authority and the position that he has as the king of Israel. Instead, he writes these words, have mercy on me, O God. Tim mentioned it in the beginning when we started, but we don't really live in a culture that recognizes repentance or confession or really our own guilt. We live in a culture of self-righteousness and that gets us trapped because we end up kind of yo-yoing back and forth. On one hand, we, we feel this constant sense of, of guilt or even shame, recognizing that we don't quite live up to our own hype, our own expectations, our own goals and perfection. And on the other hand, we, we just want people to give us the grace when we make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I mean, we say it all the time, we're imperfect people. Just show me a little grace. But on the other hand, we don't extend that grace to others. 
We continue to judge and, and to look and to criticize and, and to, ge- to gaze at others' actions as though we would never commit such a sin, as though we would never do something like that. And maybe for you, it's scrolling through social media, seeing the things that people are posting, seeing the things that people are doing, seeing the lives that they're living on Friday night and Saturday night. Maybe it's gossiping about a coworker and the way they did or didn't complete a task the way they did or didn't follow through the way they did or didn't do the things that you expected them to do. Or maybe it's in one of those prayer requests from a friend. And your heart just criticizing and judging the way that they're handling something in their life, judging the way that their, their son or their daughter, I mean, really, I can't believe they're doing it that way. I would never have done it that way. I could never do that. As a mother or a father or a grandparent or a son or a daughter, I would never live my life that way. I'm not that bad. I'm not like them. And if they improve, well, at least I'm not like them. Or at least I'm not as bad as you. David had every opportunity, and in a lot of ways, every right to hear the words of Nathan, to feel the conviction of what he'd done, and to suppress it. To justify it. To look upon himself and say, I can do whatever I want. Don't you recognize the authority that I have? Haven't you heard the songs about how amazing I am? I am David, the king of Israel. Certainly the Pharaoh of Egypt and the kings of all of these other lands, they do whatever they want with their many wives and their concubines, with their soldiers and their armies, whatever they want with their riches and their wealth. I can do whatever I want. I am a man of God. I'm the king of Israel. That's not what he did. Have mercy on me, oh God. Convicted by the words of the prophet, David recognizes his own guilt and sin and begins to repent. Trusting in the character that he knows God has, he begins to seek mercy. And he grieves his sin recognizing the destruction and the pain that he has caused, not only the family of Bathsheba and Bathsheba herself, but the witness of grave transgressions this is to the country that he leads. The shirking of the responsibilities that he has as a leader. And the reality that he has not represented God as a man whom God said is a man after my own heart. Have mercy on me, O God. This is the spirit of Lent. The spirit of Lent is recognizing that God is good and righteous and a judge of sin. But he is a God who loves us and extends mercy to us in repentance. And so the rhythm of Lent, the 40 days, like Tim said, representing the season before Jesus' ministry has a rhythm of every Monday we wake up and we repent, recognizing our own guilt, recognizing our own sin, recognizing the things that we have done to need a Savior. And then each Sunday comes as a small celebration of that resurrection. And so we, we fast even as a part of that remembrance, that, that mourning, that grief of our own transgressions and sin, right? Fasting, ashes, 
tearing of clothes, all of these things are used throughout scripture as, as uh, ways of showing mourning and grief. And so in, in the tradition that dates back almost to 300 AD, we use this in the church as a way of recognizing our sin and the grief that we have caused God. But then each Sunday comes and we celebrate the resurrection. And then Monday again, and we fast. And maybe we, we take a fast from food or we take a fast from, from caffeine or we take a fast from social media or, or however we practice that. And we use the reminder when we have those cravings that we in our own flesh have this sinful desire to satisfy ourselves and instead we turn to God. Right? That's what fasting is. It's not simply abstaining, but it's filling those desires that we have for something else with the desire to seek after God. And that's the rhythm of Lent. And, and so each week we fast and we mourn and we recognize our sin. And on Sunday, we celebrate. And it begins to build over week after week after week. So it culminates in Good Friday where we have this, this realization of the depths of our own depravity, just like David did. Have mercy on me, O God. And then on Sunday, we celebrate. The God of light and life has given us mercy and grace. That in the depths of our depravity, he sees us and he extends his love and mercy to us through his son. A sacrifice on a cross, blood shed for our sake. And by his blood, we are healed. And so Ash Wednesday, not Ash Wednesday, sorry, it's for all of us. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of this moment for us. And for our church, this is new, but it's not about posterity, traditions for tradition's sake. This is about a posture of humility. It's about an opportunity for us to recognize our own depravity, our own sin, just as David did in the psalm, and to focus on repenting before God. But not to just rest in that repentance, not to just rest in the guilt or even shame that the weight of our sin carries, but to recognize that in the midst of that, God loves us. He knows us and wants us to know him. And he has reconciled all those who believe in Christ to himself. He has adopted us as sons and daughters. He has extended forgiveness to us because he loves us. He loves us. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. We're going to continue in our worship in this moment. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. As, as they do, I'm going to encourage you to stand because we're going to move into a moment of corporate prayer. So go ahead and stand now, and as the band comes up. And on the screen, there'll be a corporate prayer that we read aloud together. Gracious God, you created us out of the dust of the earth and breathed into us the breath of life. By your hand we live and to your hands we return when all our days are done. Grant that the awareness of our morality may lead us not to fear, but to faith. In our weakness, teach us to look to you for strength in our failures to turn to you and find forgiveness and in our dying to await the gift of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.
Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, 
Thank you, Kyle and the band for leading us. Thank you, Pastor AC as well. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, specifically, if this is new for you, I, I appreciate you trying this out and, and seeing the Lord's goodness through it. I hope you see that. Tonight really uh, is a commissioning out. Uh, Martin Luther, the great theologian, said it this way, that all of life is repentance. And so hopefully tonight, just a little bit of a practice for you that you start to put in place in all of your life, but specifically as we lead up to Easter. We have this, this really unique season, 40 days, 46 days, leading up to April 9th. That is Easter. And as a pastor, I can just tell you, that is coming quick, okay? Uh, it's coming really quick, and that's exciting. We get to celebrate Good Friday and Easter, but may it be the best Easter you've ever had. Uh, not because of the ham you cook on that day, not because of the egg hunt, uh, but because of how your heart is forever changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And may that start tonight and carry us forward as we commission out of this place. Amen? Amen. Hey, I'm going to read a, a benediction verse over us as we commission ourselves out this evening. Uh, as you do go out, uh, there are two stations at the back as you walk out on house right, stage left, and there's ashes. Uh, you don't have to do this if you feel uncomfortable, but if you would like to, on your way out, uh, you can just take the ashes, just two fingers, and put a little cross on your forehead with the ashes. If you'd like to do that, there's plenty of ashes on both of those tables at the back. Uh, you don't need that much ash, it goes a long way. And it's just a reminder, again, of repentance, and we're walking out of here uh, repenting from our sin and turning to Jesus. And so in a moment, you can do that as you are dismissed. Uh, and I'm going to read this over us as we do that. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 says this. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. You may go in peace.